Hey, you. Yeah, you. You didn't stumble here by chance, so let's talk. My name is Tyann, but a lot of people call me Taj, and I'm most known for my loud New York personality and my unfiltered opinions. The Melanated Mindset is a safe space for unpopular opinions and heated debates amongst a diverse melting pot of those of us that classify as a melanated millennial. And I don't care if you got a lot of melanin, just a little bit of melanin, or hell, you just melanated by association. Everybody is welcome. Now, I can't speak for y'all, but after seeing what being an adult is really about, nah, I got some things to say. And I know y'all do too. So let's talk about it. Because what's really going on? What is up, yo? Welcome if you're new. Welcome back if you're not to the Melanated Mindset. Y'all know, nothing is new. I'm kicking it off with my complaint of the week. And for this week, my complaint of the week is definitely going to have to be just how much the world will never be the same. Like, honestly, I find myself referring to times like I call it B.C., Y'all know how BC used to stand for before Christ. In my opinion, BC now stands for before COVID. Life before COVID. For real, for real. And it's like, I don't even remember what I was doing earlier today that just made me think like, yo, COVID added like 22 steps to everything that we do. It There's nothing as fast. Nothing is quick. Everything is distanced. Everything is separated. And like certain things are, certain things we love, certain things are just annoying as hell. And honestly, like for real, I can't believe that like I'm going to be able to tell my son like, oh, well, you know, before COVID, if masks stay mandatory, well, let me not say mandatory, but if masks stay a thing until he's, like, in high school, I'm going to be able to be like, yeah, I remember a time before people in America were even wearing masks, and that all started after the COVID pandemic. Like, just going to sound old as hell and ancient as hell and dated as hell, and I don't like that, for real. And my highlight of the week is going to be, honestly, y'all, I have been crushing so many of my personal goals. Like, for real, for real, I've been showing out, like, for myself. Literally, goals, some some of them literally nobody knew about but me. And I've been killing them. And I feel like I don't do enough acknowledging myself. So, I really just want to toot my own horn because I've been doing the damn thing. And... If you've been doing a damn thing and you've been humble every once in a while, you know, you got to just brag. And that's going to roll us right into our friendly fact of the day. Today is another friendly fact that comes from Pew Research. When Pew Research Center began tracking social media adoption in 2005, just 5% of American adults used at least one of the major social media platforms. But by 2011, that share had risen to half of all Americans. And today, 72% of the public uses some type of social media platform. I know some of y'all 
may have looked at the title of today's episode, and now that you're at the Fendi Factor, like, what? Like, what does social media have to do with expectations versus reality? And in my honest opinion, I feel like it has everything to do with it. Literally, I feel like social media has literally affected our perception of life, our perception of reality. We have been conditioned to believe all of what we see and none of what we hear, honestly. And if y'all know the saying that I'm kind of twisting, like it's that's, that's what it is. Social media has morphed our way of thinking. Literally, it has became a way of thinking, unfortunately. Something that was just supposed to be meant, supposedly, to just bring people together, bring people to a social gathering space virtually, turned into almost a toxic culture that has poisoned the way that we look at reality, the way that we look at life. Because we see these pictures and these 30-second, 60-second videos and these reels And we know in the back of our head that that's just a very small snippet into someone's life. But when you constantly only see 30, 60 second snippets, these perfect picture quality pictures, it eventually subconsciously subconsciously begins to affect the way that you think. You start to see that as being the whole picture. Therefore... It forces you to adjust your expectations in an unrealistic way, if that makes sense. And y'all know I'm not a doctor or nothing, you know. Just putting my YouTube Google degree, for real, for real, and my personal experience to use. Because y'all hear me say it, us 20, that 25 to 27, 28 age group right there, like I say, those millennials, we are... The generation that watched technology transform majorly. We are the last generation that probably did not have a cell phone when we were younger. We didn't get cell phones until we were older, middle school, some of us, high school, some of us. Like, technology wasn't as nowhere near as prominent when I was growing up as it is now. So I feel like we are that last group that kind of got some goddamn sense that it's not everything that we see. It's, the all right, but what's, what's behind the smoke? What's behind the mirrors? What's behind the filters? You get what I'm saying? We know what's up because we remember that this is this is new. And this is a new way of thinking that we're still getting accustomed to because we didn't have that constant reminder that your life needs to be picture perfect and Instagram worthy and TikTok worthy. Like, we were just living life and having fun, living in the moments, capturing them here and there. And we're back when Instagram was literally just pictures, we were just posting up our pictures so people could see what we was up to. Now it has turned into a way of life. Like, for real, social media is a job. It's a it's a thing like it grew this they watered this thing and made it human almost like they literally they the government whoever i don't know 
people who invented the internet. I don't know. Like they literally created a monster, especially when it comes to our expectations and realities of a lot of different aspects. The main ones I can think of are our expectations of men, of women, of relationships. Like, when I say that, like, I think, like, what is to be expected, for example, of a man? Men are expected to provide. They're expected to support. They're expected to be the protector. You know, like, the textbook stuff. What about for women? What are women expected? Women are usually expected to be the nurturers, the backbone of the family, literally, like, the mental, emotional support. And in relationships, what are we expected? Relationships, most relationships, you're expected to be monogamous, a.k.a. there should be some level of exclusivity in your relationship. You're expected to wine and dine one another, like the man is expected to wine and dine the woman, but nowadays the woman is expected to wine and dine the man, and it's just literally all of these things that I just thought of off the top of my head, those are like those are things that we expect thing like we expect a certain caliber of you get what I'm saying, like we expect certain things from men, we expect certain things from women, we expect certain things out of our relationship, but I want to ask y'all, why? The generic shit that I just listed off, like, why do we expect those things? Who who has written these expectations? Who said that women are supposed to be the nurturers and the backbone of the family, and the men are supposed to be the providers? And the, like, who said that? I know some of y'all are going to get real technical and be like, well, Jesus said it, the Bible says it. I know, but you and I both know that what he meant and what we now see as the blueprint are totally different. And then at some point, his vision got skewed. So I'm asking, when did that happen? When did we start expecting perfection out of things? When did we start expecting fairy tale out of things? And I know a lot of it is... It, it's, in my opinion, it's conditioned to what we see. As children, we see fairy tale love stories. We see the Cinderella's. We see the, you know, the hopeless romantic stuff. We see the women in the kitchen cooking with the apron and taking care of the kids. And we see the husband going to work. So it literally becomes what we see on TV, what we see on social media and we begin to adapt those expectations. But are we adapting those expectations because that's actually what we want? Or are we adapting those expectations because that's just we what we see? And that's just what everybody else got. Because let's be honest, speaking for like relationships, you're expected to be monogamous and exclusive in relationships. But let's be honest, not all relationships is like that. Whether people agree to it or not now that's different but there are some people that do not want to be monogamous they want to be in open relationships or poly relationships and that is their version of norm that is what they expect 
So who is the rest of the world to expect monogamy? You get what I'm saying? Like, who is writing this blueprint that everybody must follow? It just is crazy to me for us to believe that one way of life is supposed to work for everybody. Like, we are supposed to get married, have kids, live happily ever after. Like, that one white picket fence American dream is supposed to fit every single person. Like, we're all supposed to want the exact same thing. Why? That's not realistic. That is literally a skewed expectation. Because there are some people that don't want the norm. And that is okay. Who are we to judge and tell people that what they want is not normal? If somebody wants to be in an open relationship and you want to be in a monogamous relationship, who are you to tell them that that's not, oh, that's not normal? Okay, but that's what they want. You find what you want, they find what they want. And listen, if there's anything I learned being an adult, it's somebody for everybody, okay? There is a category for everybody and everything. Simply put. But where do these expectations stem from? And it goes even deeper than that. It goes into just like, for example, what are what are black women specifically? Well, what are we expected to look like in the workplace? We're expected to resemble that of our white counterparts. That's not realistic. I mean, if I have the dedication and time to perm my hair every day so that my hair stays flat and in a nice bun, like Karen at the cubicle at the corner, I could do that. But for me, that's not realistic. My hair not laying like that. But does that make my that does that make me unprofessional in the workplace? Probably. Why? Because I'm expected to present myself a certain way. But are those expectations made, tailor-made for me? Or again, is it a blanket expectation that society is expecting to fit on everybody? I cannot look like Susan in that pencil skirt because I got hips and ass and thighs. So that pencil skirt going to be yamming this ass. I'm going to have to keep pulling it down. Does that make what I have on any less appropriate than what Susan has on? We could buy the exact same skirt. I promise you I'm going to fill it out different than her. And that's just what it is. So again, these expectations of us in life are skewed because they all, for the most part, seem to always be geared towards every single person geared towards the idea that all people are the same. All people are supposed to fit in the same box. And that is literally insane for us to think that there are this many people, this many personalities on earth, and that we're all supposed to check the same boxes. What? I never will begin to grasp that. And it's just like, what? but why do we choose to ignore reality? Why do we choose to, we scroll on Instagram all day and we can follow this influencer that just looks like she has the picture perfect life. We know good and damn well her life is not perfect. But why do we 
look at her timeline and just assume it is based on the good that she posts. Why do we ignore the reality of, well, I don't know if she cried today. I don't know if her family's treating her good. I don't know if her man treating her good today. Like, she got regular problems. She's human, too. Why do we ignore that and just assume, damn, I want what she got. She got it all. That bitch get everything. That's not fair. You get what I'm saying? Where does that, where does that come from? Have y'all ever thought about those type of things? Because when I think about it, I honestly think it literally do all end up, all roads lead back to social media for me. Social media is, social media changed the game because they, whoever they is, is able to control the narrative. Think about it. Instagram, Facebook, companies like that, they are 100% in control of the information on their available on their platforms. Those terms and agreements that none of us read, that they keep updating, that we don't read when they update and we just press agree, they own whatever we put up there. We know that. We don't want to believe it, but we know that. So think about the power that is for a second to be able to control what is on your platform. So imagine if I support a specific political party and I own a platform, do you really think I'm going to allow people of the opposite party that always want to debate, that always want to argue, do you honestly think I'm going to push their content on my platform or am I probably going to shadow ban that shit drown it out or maybe just take it down altogether and make up some bullshit excuse about how it violates community guidelines because I could do that because I own that shit see what I'm saying there's power that comes with these people that own these social media platforms because they control the narrative They control the story. They control what we talk about today. They have turned, they have found a way to turn social media into CNN, MSNBC, Fox. They have turned into that. And a lot of us are so engulfed in it, we don't even see. Think about how they control what they want you to see. The videos that pop up on your timeline. That young black man getting gunned down yet again. Somehow your algorithm never manages to miss that. Anytime there's one of those videos trending, it's up and down your feed. But let it be election time, local election time to make change in your area. I promise you, you're not going to see those get out and vote for your councilman and your senate. You ain't going to see those posts. But I promise you, that video... That boy getting gunned down, oh, that's going to be everywhere. Everybody going to be talking about it. You're going to see it 15, 16 times before you even decide if you want to even fucking watch it. Imagine that to have that type of power to control the information that people have access to. They change the game. Because when you control the narrative like that, you control people's perception of reality. You literally get to control reality on some Thanos-type shit. They are in control of time. They are in control of 
information in real time. They can make sure that if somebody's talking about prison reform and there's a protest happening right now, they can make sure that everybody that posts about that protest shit don't miraculously don't go up for hours. So not that many people show up to the protest. Not that many people find out about the protest till after it's already happened. Y'all don't think they do that? Come on. Come on. Y'all giving them too much credit if y'all think they really sitting up here using this shit for good. To spread what? For us to really be social? You think they give a fuck? If we got friends or not? We social or not? They want to control the way we think. And let's let's be honest. On social media, if one of these little hacker people were to get your IP address and just literally analyze your social media, they would find out a lot about you. About the things you like, things you don't like, things you agree with, things you don't agree with, all the places you've been because you tag your locations. Think about it. That is your your social media platform have become our digital fingerprint. They can find you. You leave one piece of breadcrumb, and they can find they can find the trail, and they can find you. Look at what that has turned into. You can use your face ID to log into this shit. Like, I be thinking about the logistics. Like, oh, so Instagram now has a little, a literal digital copy of my face to what? Analyze and match to all other pictures and stuff. So when people tag me, like, for real, y'all, think about it literally. Think about the logistics, the tech of it all. And think about how the as amazing as it has been to watch technology evolve like that, it's fucking scary. It is scary because it is changing the way people see reality. People see these girls on Instagram with their flat tummies and their wide hips and they fat ass. And suddenly... That little girl in her room thinks that everybody looks like that because everybody in the palm of her hand does look like that. Everybody that pops up on her timeline does look like that. So what does she do? She saves her coins and she eventually goes and gets her one of them bodies that she think everybody else got, honey. And then slowly but surely that becomes the norm. Not because anything's wrong with it, but just because it became what you became consumed with, if that makes sense. And I think it's it's crazy to know just how far we've come with it and, and just it makes me terrified of how much further they're going to go with it. Because if we think that this is the end, this is as far as they're going to go, she, they're not going to stop till they get it back in blood. Literally. You're going to have to give a drop of blood to sign into Instagram eventually. Then what are we going to do? Besides, be fucked. I don't know, y'all. This shit is crazy. But that's really all I wanted to stop in real quick and talk to y'all about. It was just on my mind. And I was like, you know what? Let me turn the mic on. Record a quick little episode. Because I wonder. I wonder if they if they think about it like this. You know? With that said. I already told y'all, we added a new segment. We are shouting out black-owned businesses here every Monday on the Mom Lady Mindset. 
So if this is your first time listening, you got to go back to season two, episode one to find out what was the first black owned business that I shouted out. Because maybe it might be something you want to go check out. That being said, this week's shout out is going to go to a cosmetics brand. Uh, I told y'all I would let y'all know when these businesses belong to any of my friends, people I know. This one does not. I do not know this woman personally. I literally just found her brand when I was doing some research for some brands and I bought her products, been using them for months, and they are amazing. And the company's called K Skins. So if you want to find out their Instagram, make sure you go to at the dot melanated mindset Instagram. I have all of her information tagged in the caption of today's episode. And it is a black black woman owned skincare brand. And from what I gathered, this lady started her own skincare brand because her daughter was diagnosed with eczema and nothing that the doctors prescribed, nothing from the store was helping her daughter's skin at all. So she literally got in her kitchen with her KitchenAid mixer and started whipping up some shit and literally wanted to whip up some shit to literally cure cure her daughter's eczema herself. And she did that. And her daughter's skin is flawless. She has before and after pictures all on her Instagram for you guys to see. And that literally jump-started her wanting to start her own business. And if she could take the time to cure her daughter's eczema, she could literally help people change their skin with natural homemade products. And literally, to this day, her business is still run out of her kitchen. And it makes me really happy knowing that I support such a small business and she is booming by the way I've literally been following this woman since she even launched her business so to know that her order volume and her customers is growing she's gonna outgrow her kitchen very soon and it's so fulfilling to know that you've been a part of someone's journey like that especially because not only is she a black woman but her products are they genuinely speak for themselves y'all my skin has never been as soft, has never been amazing. She makes body butters, she makes body scrubs, she makes skin sticks. She's now starting to launch an actual skincare line for, you know, cleansing products. Y'all, she has taken the time to literally perfect each and every product, and each and every product is made by her, by hand, and literally quality amazing packaging amazing customer service amazing just all around genuine amazing woman doing amazing things and she's a mom so i have a sweet spot for mom so if you guys are looking for a black owned skincare line make sure you guys go check out k skins i promise y'all will not be disappointed and now y'all know just where we like to wrap it all up at with our word of the week so originally i think i had the wrong word chosen originally i had the word of the week being realized but i realized later on that i think i want this week's word of the week to be analyzed instead like take a step back and analyze how much of social media you take in analyze the real from the real iffy. 
analyze what is your truth versus someone else's truth. Be able to analyze why exactly your expectations may be the way that they are. And I'm not saying that anyone needs to lower their standards. I'm just saying maybe you need to realign your expectations with reality versus a virtual idea of reality you may have been subconsciously conditioned to create in your head because you genuinely have just become so engulfed in the social realm that you forgot what's really out there when you're just looking at perfection in your palm all day. So take a second and analyze. What exactly can you alter about your expectations? Are your expectations of men, of women, of relationships, of of, of life, are they realistic? Realistic to the world you live in, not realistic to the world you think you live in or you think somebody else is living. Are your expectations relevant to your reality? Are they achievable goals? Are they attainable with your current situation. And I think that's that's where we could start to bring it back home as we start putting things in perspective to us personally. Stop assuming everybody got it made and start worrying about how you gonna get it made for yourself. Analyze what you want for you and not what society wants for you, what you think you should put where you think you should be in life. Forget all that shit. And analyze, are you doing what you're doing for you? Or are you doing what you're doing because it's what other people say you should be doing? Are you living your life being happy and literally living your best self? Or are you out here just trying to flex and impress people that don't fucking matter? People that is not really worried about you. Sit back and analyze that. And on that note, If you made it this far, thank you for just rocking with me, kicking with me, chopping it up with me, all of that. I appreciate each and every one of y'all. The love, the support, it never goes unnoticed or unappreciated. And if you want to join the conversation in real time and share your personal thoughts and opinions, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the.melanatedmindset. That's where I'm going to be posting all the polls, the questions, the conversation starters, All of that. That's also going to be where you'll get to hear sneak peeks and previews into the episodes to come. It's going to be one hell of a ride. I hope y'all are ready. Until then, I'll see y'all same time, same place next week for hashtag Melanated Monday. And remember, the goal is to be good and do good. Until then, peace y'all.